Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Gunshot, having called for jokes earlier, and they were horrible. I may never do that again. The late night funny men. Not so funny. Yes, please. It was really disappointing. Uh, why Why is R. Kelly getting out of jail getting so much attention? Because he was a singing star? Because he was a superstar. A super singing star. Because we now know what a scumbag he was. He should not be out of jail. I wouldn't think a guy like that would get out of jail. You raped children. Yeah. Yeah. You you clearly have a sexual compulsion, and it involves children. How does a guy like that get to walk no, around? Underaged girls, at least. Okay. 14's pretty young. But That's very young. And ain't 17. No. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's an interesting question. I guess the judge decided he doesn't snatch people up from the streets. It's generally people he has a relationship with. But he's barred from... 
contacting anyone under 18 in any way. Yeah, I hope he sticks to that. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, the guy's guy's completely morally bankrupt. He's a predator. There were rules against what he did in the first place, and he seemed to ignore those ones. That's the problem with all uh, restraining orders. So there are a couple of stories that are just so heavy that, you know, I don't know how much we want to get into them. The uh, the Democrats blocked a measure in the Senate yesterday, the U.S. Senate, that said that if a baby is born alive during an abortion, the doctor has to treat it. And they blocked that, meaning, you know, you tried to kill it in the womb, go ahead, kill it out of the womb. Oof, that's rough stuff. Which is rush, rough. I don't think the uh, I don't think there's a great constituency for infanticide, but for some reason, the uh, Democrats in the Senate went ahead and blocked that. Perhaps based on that bizarre notion that if you forbid the most horrific, monstrous acts, then a woman's right to choose will instantly be obliterated. Right, which is a ridiculous argument. It's completely void of logic nor likelihood. But it's just indefensible. Ben Sass said some really strong things about it, and I love Ben Sass. Um, he said, I want to ask each and every one of my colleagues whether we're okay with infanticide. Are we a country that protects babies that are alive or don't we? And because the media feels the same way that, uh, you know, I, I got to believe just based on polling that m- the plenty of people in the media don't like that. But they see it as well, you know. If we if we if we if we come out against that or report on this, next thing you know, Roe versus Wade is overturned. No, that's, we'll, that's not the way it works. We'll but. come off as those insane pro-lifers, so we probably no. ought to just soft pedal this because we are we are pro-choice. Well, so's most of America when you're talking first trimester, and then the numbers shrink to almost nothing. Well, certainly by the third, you asked you polled Americans on this. It would be 2%, maybe. Including, and I want them watched. Including Democrats. Right. Yeah. So I just, I don't get it. But again, we've said many times the question of abortion may be the biggest, most shocking divorce between the realities of what people think and the impression you would get as to what people think from the media. There's just an enormous gulf there. The other really, really heavy topic that I find so interesting. Just got this text. Yes. Thanks for the tip, Joe. Heading to a tanning salon now. So, see, you helped somebody out. Good luck. Find some illicit sex. Excellent. Well, and if that and was your goal. I'm sure the cops will respond because we can't have people getting handies anywhere in America. There's nothing more important to do. And, and if yeah. they are slaves who are brought illegally from China, held against their wills, that's slavery. That's one of the most horrific crimes that exists on Earth. Go ahead and arrest lots of people. Yeah. If it's merely getting manual release, are you serious? There are real crimes. So from someone who has, for whatever reason, chosen that profession, probably not a good story, but... No, I don't imagine it's you know going to be published in some magazine as a feel-good inspirational tale. How you ended up tugging on guys' units down at some seedy so-called massage parlor. Well, there it is up on the TV. That's the first time I've seen a picture of it. That's the And so the cops had cameras in there for months. Is it worth the... Do you want, where you live locally, the cops to spend your tax dollar on six months' worth of 
video surveillance of that place. Uh, I probably don't. If there's slavery going on, yeah, that's perfectly sure. legitimate. That's freaking slavery. Yeah, the, the Florida cops really need to get to the bottom of the, the sex trafficking thing on this, because I got jokes I'm trying to tell, and I don't know how far I can go with it, because it seems really serious if it's about the sex trafficking right. thing, but if it's not that, then I want to make fun of the Patriots owner. Well, yeah, I'll so- tell you one thing. You're going to wait in line if you want to take a selfie in front of that business because there are people there 24 hours a day taking smiling, laughing selfies in front of the place. It's become a well, it's become a big deal. What's the business next to it? I can't read what that says. Is that a donut shop? Or? It's one Mind of those, Quest. It's one of those strip malls where you would have day a... Day spa. Whatever Mind Quest is. The day spa is the massage place. And what a beautiful spa that is with the... I see the word escape. I wonder if it's like one of those escape room tile style things that's now kind of a, a trend. That okay. seems awkward. It seems <laughs> ironic to have that next to a place that's possibly used. Looks trafficking. like any marginal <laughs> well place with slaves. Yeah, well, is having it escape? the escape factory next to it. Yeah, yes, escape that room. is yeah, yeah. ironic, Sean. You're right. You're right. Well said. Uh, what's what's is that a uh, Walgreens next to it? That looks like any looks marginal strip mall you've ever seen. They yeah. probably got a yogurt place in there somewhere. There might be a bicycle store, that, you know, that sure. kind of place, right? Which is fine. It just doesn't work. It's not where I picture billionaires going to. Uh... It is a little odd with this Bentley parked out front in the probably unnecessarily small parking spaces with you know yeah. people parked on the lines. Right. Robert, do be careful parking the Bentley while I go in and get a little manual release. Ugh. Newton and then he right. gets in his Gulfstream jet and zooms up to Kansas City. Right. It's an odd lifestyle. I don't picture my. I occasionally picture myself as a billionaire. It's kind of fun. Well, That's not part of it. If you're <laughs> going to a strip mall to have some some perhaps slave work at me. If you're a single billionaire. If you're a single amorous billionaire, and in his case, a pretty good-looking guy for his age, Mm -hmm. there are a number of women that would like to date you. Yes. Yes. And that number is millions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but it can be a little complicated. Like, he had one girlfriend who got pregnant, Mm. and now he's uh, supporting that kid. Hey, billionaire, get a vasectomy. Yeah. Yeah, what the hell is he still fertile for, Sean? Good point. Yeah. Me, I was neutered years ago. The government asked me to, <laughs> so there wouldn't be any more. The of government me. asked you to be. Yeah. Well, Joe, do something. the right thing. I said, yeah, I see your point. <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. I, I tell you what, if you don't plan on having any more kids and you haven't, you're a fool. Really? Well, that's, no, that's me. Yeah. There's, a, there's a little slicing, a little digging around, a little... Little uh, the slicing is one thing. The digging around is not well, and it's it's kind of a it's a lesson in uh, urban planning and infrastructure too, because you'll be aware of every single bump and jiggle oh. in the road on your drive home. Trust me on that. I don't plan on having any more kids. Get her done, and I haven't had it done. Get her done. Hmm. Freeze everything up. But you said I'm a every, fool. Everybody but... can relax. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not even alone. Oh yeah. Michael, play my music. Why is he starting to no talk like to. that? I, oh. <laughs> I don't want Yeah, why are you talking like that? Again, I ask. God, the, 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 are you the talking police? You know, one of the reasons I haven't done it, well, there's, I'm not thrilled about the idea of the digging around down there. Put part. it off for a while myself. <laughs> um, but the my personal doctor, who I've known for many years, I knew him somewhat socially before he was my doctor. He said he'd do it for me, and it's just... Something weird about me being completely... <laughs> While we watch the game. <laughs> just something weird about, hey, you know, I'm going to just get undressed, put my legs up in these stirrups or however it works, and 
It's something like that. Yeah. And just if it was somebody I didn't know, maybe I should do it with somebody I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, my uh, they do do they do that at that massage parlor, the craft goes to? I hope not. Is that a service you can get done? Guy who did me was he was old. I mean, he was getting close to retirement. And he'd fixed many a man. How uncomfortable was it compared to like most dental stuff or whatever? Above or below? It was mostly just off-putting. It was a little scary. But physically painful? Nah. No. Until you're on the ride home. Then, then I'm serious. You can tell the difference between a small, medium, and large pebble in the road as your car jiggles. And how long is it that way? Eh, just a couple of days. Okay. Although mine went south a little bit, as you may recall. Because you're so fertile. Yep. My swimmers are like dolphins. They just fought through. Exactly. Can't stop us. Won't stop us. <laughs> um, you got another serious story you said? Which is- yeah. How about a university professor openly advocating the murder of police officers? Professor in good standing, calling for the murder of cops. And we're trying to get through a whole bunch of stories because the next show is going to be all about Cohen's open testimony. Which and the, the Korean summit? And the Korean summit. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new study has found that a dog's personality can match their owner's personality, while a cat's personality can match the personality of someone who wants their owner dead. <laughs> Might have been hurtful, Sean. I'm sorry about that. Um, sorry, oh, this cat seems owners. like a good time to correct the record that I don't actually so own. So I've got a story about how your kid's name can predict their behavior, according to a study, which sounds stupid. That maybe sounds I'll, really stupid. Maybe I'll do that at some point. <laughs> Something to look forward to. <laughs> <clears throat> Ah, boy. And Cohen claims to be, uh, claiming the Wall Street Journal is Cohen is going to testify that Trump said racist and and sexist stuff during their 30-year friendship. Whatever. No way. Whatever. No way. But that uh, tomorrow will be an open testimony with uh, Republicans grilling him and Democrats trying to draw more out of him. Oh, boy. As the president is trying to work on a nuclear deal with perhaps the most dangerous regime on Earth, certainly in the top tier in terms of rogue nations with nuclear arms, that seems like a really distasteful thing to me. Do it next week. Adam Schiff, spelled with two T's, in my opinion. It's a Schiff show. So this is, uh, I'm going to quote from a piece by Nick Irvin in the Aggie, which is the uh, official newspaper of the University of California, Davis, Aggies. Um, We ought to talk to uh, Nick at some point. But I didn't want to wait. He writes, I first heard about a UC Davis professor who thinks cops should be killed late fall quarter. There were murmurings in the newsroom about his in-class discussions and rumors of how the professor had given an interview that advocated for violence against law enforcement. But he assumed it was typical hearsay and likely exaggerated, and he just kind of forgot about it. Um, But the rumors were in the back of his mind. But then the killing of young Natalie Corona, who was the 22-year-old? I believe young police officer changed everything. 
Corona, an up-and-coming Davis police officer who was gunned down last month, was the type of person who makes labeling all law enforcement as bad a simple exercise in fallacy. By all accounts, she was a kind and considerate person who cared deeply about the community she served. Um, and he goes into some detail on that. Um, and then he said, uh, so he, the shooting reminded him of the rumors about the cop-threatening professor. I wasn't trying to connect the two, he wrote. Uh, but the shooting provided the backdrop for my investigation. In a community that's ju- just witnessed an ambush-style cop killing, um, we ought to know what our professors think and say on the public record. And so he went to Twitter first, and he found this tweet. From November of 2014, I am thankful that every living cop will one day be dead, some by their own hand, some by others. Too many of old age. Hashtag, let's not make more. Wait a second. That's a current professor <clears throat> tweeted that? Yes. And that did that flew under the radar somehow? December of 2014. He's just getting started. I mean, it's easier to shoot cops when their backs are turned. No? <clears throat> I'm January... astonished that that was out there on Twitter. Wait, first of all... Twitter doesn't crack down on that? That's not hate speech? I know people that have been kicked off for Twitter for saying illegal immigrants have already broken the law. They were kicked off Twitter for saying that. You can advocate killing cops and you don't get kicked off Twitter? Here is a published interview in January of 2016. People think that cops need to be reformed. They need to be killed. These statements were made by Joshua Clover, a professor of English and comparative literature at UC Davis. Well-known throughout literary circles is poetry examining latent struggles against capitalism. His latest book explaining the act of rioting from a decidedly Marxist point of view. His work has been featured in The Nation and The New York Times. He's one of three co-founders of Commune Editions, a publisher specializing in anarchist and communist poetry, among other things. And uh, young Nick, the uh, journalist in, in question here, went off searching for this guy, and he wanted to talk to him about his actual attitudes, how he feels about the uh, the murder of the young Davis, California police officer, and the rest of it. Emailed Clover to schedule a meeting and learn why he'd made these statements about police and whether he was aware of their life-threatening implications. How could you not be? I wanted to know whether his views had changed given the shooting of Natalie Corona, if he'd walked them back or at least offered a smidgen of context to them. Yet Clover, he, he tracked him down, <clears throat> skipping around a bit, but uh, this was the first step to uncovering the standards to which our university holds its professors. Yet Clover offered little clarity or remorse. I think we can all agree that the most effective way to end any police, any violence against officers is the complete and immediate abolition, abol- I'm sorry, this is an incredibly important uh, sentence and I'm mangling it. I think we can all agree that the most effective way to end any violence against officers is the complete and immediate abolition of the police, he wrote. Well, that's a whack job position. God, colleges are so out of control. And we spend so much money to send kids there to learn from these weirdos. And if you are the least bit conservative, you can't get a job on a lot of college campuses. I mean, you're 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 one percent of one percent of one percent with that view, right? You're so out there. Yep. His views stand even in the aftermath of uh, Officer Corona's murder. Clover added, "Quote: I direct any further questions to the family of Michael Brown, wow, the guy in Ferguson, Missouri." Wow. I reached out to Gina Bloom, the interim chair of the English department, to see what she thought about Clover's threats. Writes our journalist. She said that Clover is a, quote, valued member of our department in the university community, a strong and popular teacher, as well as published scholar and poet whose work has been lauded across the world. The chair I ultimately, am not, I've just <clears throat> decided, I am not going to pay for my kids to go to a university where that happens. Nope. I'm I just wouldn't. not going to do it. 
We'll have to, there have to be some other way to get an education. That's crazy. The chair ultimately refused to speak with me further because of my, quote, flimsy evidence and, quote, inflammatory connections. Contacted a few of Clover's colleagues hoping to gather insight, but received no response. Contacted the administration a few days after the shooting of young officer Corona for a response to Clover's past threats, namely his assertion that cops need to be killed. Dana Toposis, the university's chief marketing and communications officer, indicated that the comments were reprehensible but didn't warrant further action. He's a professor in good standings. We support law enforcement, um, but uh, he's sticking around. Wow, that is so crazy. There's more to it. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump welcomed like a rock star in Vietnam. Venezuelan President Maduro detains a reporter and crew angered by questions during an interview. This is a good story if you haven't heard it. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. You know, I'm pro-education in every way, but I think there may be no more diseased and perverse place American kids go than to American colleges and universities in a lot of ways. It is a it's a netherworld of just bizarre attitudes and and really sick attitudes and and the kids are indoctrinated in this to a large degree. And they've created this their own weird insular universe where they all talk to each other and do all these studies and papers that only matter to them. And, uh, and and a lot of them just stay in that world forever. And, and they shout freedom while carefully ensuring that bubble remains un, unsullied by anybody with an alternate point of view. And it kind of works if you stay in that world forever, but not everybody can, obviously. There aren't enough jobs. So if you go out into the real world, then you can't get a job because you've, you've come out of this alternative universe that is the youth the university system. Colleges have gone from a marketplace of ideas to a bazaar of idiocy. <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Huh? Bazaar. Well, uh, the uh, the article by the... Uh, the haggle your prices. The uh, young man I mentioned, Nick Irvin, is available at armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. Uh, we're going to see if we can have an extended chat with him uh, very, very soon. Bring it to you. Who wants to go six figures in debt to learn from people like that? I, f- I find the prospect sickening. On, the, well, on, I, I wouldn't go 50 cents in debt to learn from that piece of crap. Get news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump's arrived at the hotel in Hanoi where he's going to be staying during his summit with North Korea's Kim Jong Un. Crowds gathered on the streets. Do they have separate rooms or are they staying together? Trump and Un? Yeah. Kim? I'm sorry, it's Kim. Bunking together. <laughs> I think they are in case they decide to uh, chat in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Wake up, have hot chocolate, marshmallows. Couple of fat guys that probably like junk food. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> think like the Laverne and Shirley open, but right. with those two. Yeah. Very similar. Course, uh, Kim's a bit of a drinker, right? Oh, his old man was a just stone drunk. Yeah. I don't know about young fathead. I, I don't remember. Kim, no, I think Kim likes his fine whiskeys. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Trump, not a drinker. So I did hear this story yesterday that at the big meal they had last time around when they met. Yeah. All the Americans ate their food. None of the uh, Koreans ate their food because they didn't trust enough to huh, to eat their food. They didn't recognize it. What is, <laughs> that, what is that, food? Huh? Nutrition? I've heard about this. <laughs> Vice President Mike Pence throwing support behind the opposition leader of Venezuela. Pence meeting with uh, Juan Guaido during a trip to Colombia yesterday. The U.S. recognizing Guaido as the legitimate interim president of Venezuela. As we continue to bring economic and diplomatic pressure to bear on the Maduro regime, we hope for a peaceful transition to democracy. But as President Trump has made clear, 
all options are on the table. Pence's trip organized to boost pressure on the embattled Venezuelan uh, president, Nicolas Maduro, to step down. Meanwhile, Univision journalist Jorge Roma Ramos and five members of his crew were held against their will for more than two hours yesterday at uh, President uh, Maduro's presidential palace after the president got angry during an interview he was doing with Ramos. After being released, Ramos called into Univision and said Maduro had detained them after the interview, which Ramos said he began with this question. I asked him um, if I can call him either a president or a dictator because, as you know, millions of Venezuelans don't consider him a president. Then he went on to ask Maduro. Also the reports of torture and human rights abuses and political prisoners. And at the end, I showed him a video that I personally took last Sunday of um, three kids behind a trash truck looking for food. And he just couldn't stand it. He didn't want to continue the interview. He tried to close my iPad where I showed him the video. And then he said the interview was over. The director of communications telling Ramos the interview had not been authorized. Then they took him and his producer to a security room. They turned out the lights, took their backpacks and their cell phones, demanded their cell phone security codes, and left them for two hours. Then let them leave. I they find- didn't give us uh, our equipment, uh, nor our material. Uh, and still at this point, we don't have a cell phone uh, or the interviews. I think we'll never have that interview again. They don't want the world to see uh, what we did. I find Senor Ramos to be a highly annoying ideologue, but uh, that was some ballsy reporting. I mean, that's some gutsy reporting. And if you've seen the video, it is... I could see why the dictator wouldn't like it. It's three lads, you know, older than 10, less than 18, reaching into a garbage truck, pulling food out of it, like scraps of food, and eating them hungrily. That's the Right that's there. That's rough. And yeah, it, it, yeah as uh, Maduro is the guy who's bravely keeping aid out of... Venezuela, the aid that's there to feed the starving. Yeah, I'm sure he he found that a little vexing to be presented with that. Switching gears as Americans have learned over the last few years about how big tech companies harvest, use, and sell their data. Organs? Oh, dad. (laughs) They become more concerned about it, but a new poll shows their worries aren't really enough to make them step away from their tech. Yeah, people don't care. IBM's Institute for Business Value did a survey. They found 81% of uh, the people said they're more worried about how their data is used these days than ever before. 89% 89% would like to see more transparency from the tech giants, but at the same time, only 16% have stopped using a tech service because of their misuse of data, and less than half, 45%, even take the time to adjust their account privacy settings. Well, only 16% have changed. I haven't changed my usage much e- either, and I'm bothered greatly by it. It's That's why uh, it needs to be looked at at the highest level of the courts and determine what's a monopoly and what's not. You right. can't really operate in the modern world with without engaging. I'm not on Facebook, but without engaging Google um, or even YouTube to a certain extent. Right. And that is Google, and it gathers all kinds of information through your YouTube. Yeah, it's troubling. Well, yeah, I, I think you could disengage more than... 
more than you're saying, but the tentacles that they have into each other and things that you think are completely innocent and totally unrelated from Google. You know, you have no idea that by going on this website, you're actually giving Am everything. I going to use Uber? Am I going to use, uh, I was on a restaurant app the other day, and for fun, I went to the privacy agreement when I was going to use the restaurant app, which was going to take all my information, give it to Google. Am I just going to... Abandon all that stuff? I guess or, I have to. No, or, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, you can you can use another website, uh, another search engine. You cannot be on Facebook. You can leave those things behind, but you haven't left them behind. So yeah, I'm I'm sorry. It sounded like I was disagreeing with you. I'm agreeing with you, even if you think you are leaving them behind. You're not. Yeah, and say you're part of a, a business team or at your job, and all of a sudden, no, we're, we're putting all our work on the Google Drive so we can all share. And all right, now I, even though I voluntarily got out of it because of the convenience and the and the efficiencies, quote unquote, that they have put into modern life, I'm I'm often forced to do it out of from sources outside of my control. Right. Yeah. I was, I was going to send an email yeah. to a small company. It doesn't matter what they make, but a small company in Arizona. Just last night, I was going to send an email with a question about their product. They make iguana lures. Jack's a big-time iguana hunter. <laughs> to send them an email, they wanted my name. Okay, phone number. Why do you want my phone number for an email? Then they wanted a couple other things. So th- and then there's a privacy agreement. I click on it, read some of the, the 10 pages of agreement, but got far enough into it. See, they have access to all this information and all my apps and all this different right. stuff. Huh. Just for sending an email. So this company, I'm thinking they don't even know it, but they agreed to have some sort of... Other app help them with their email for their business. And or give them a few bones for all the data they're I mean, collecting. It's win-win. A, it's literally a mom-and-pop store. Mm-hmm. I was just going to send them an email. Right. But they, their little portal to send them an email was going to give access to all my crap in my phone. Because this mom-and-pop store does not have coders on their payroll, they often reach to outside third-party yeah. companies, right. which are right. then these opaque Disastrous. That's the right one where you can't see it, right? Okay. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Well wielded. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. They, they so they go to these third party companies and they are the ones doing this stuff. And so the small businesses are often hit the most and are least prepared to do and anything I, about it. I didn't send them an email. They had a phone number. Also, I'll call them today. But I'm not going to give you access to all my stuff right. because I want to send a simple email to a mom and pop shop. So is it true you have to lie perfectly still for hours and you're iguana blind, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for one to, to wander by? Is that true? <laughs> What kind of iguana camouflage do you wear? Spray yourself with iguana musk. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Uh, criticism of us on the text line that I would bring, I like to bring out, just because we get it fairly regularly. Sure, why not? Neither you agree with it or you don't. Little preview of uh, when the Mueller report hits. In case you're not really fully understanding this argument, I'm not sure everybody gets it. Okay, well, that's well worth clarifying. I think it's important. Yeah. Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm going to try to do three things fast, see how many I'm going to get through. Well, now I'm adding a fourth thing. I just ate a donut. So earlier I was talking about I'm almost at my all-time highest weight. I need to create a sense of urgency about this, but yes. I keep thinking I'll create my sense of urgency tomorrow, mm. which is a kind of a funny catch-22 or something. Bit of a paradox. Yeah. yeah, but I was going. I was getting urgent today. I was on the scale this morning. I thought, okay, today's the day. Look, mm. at, look at the scale, Jack. 
is no more tomorrow. Today is a day. Right. Somebody brought donuts. I just ate one. Oh, boy. I'm a weak man. I've let myself go. It's not one day at a time with you. It's one hour at a time. We got this text. Challenging. Uh, heard you say someone... Uh, heard you say someone said Jason from Motley Fool was a great interview. Yeah, we got a bunch of texts about what a great interview mm-hmm. guy from Motley Fool was. People enjoyed it. Yep. Fact is, he was a great guest, but your interview sucked. Why can't you two let great guests do their minutes without an injecting to the extent that we, that we, the listeners, only get two minutes of the guest insight? He was ready and willing to offer some truly useful advice, and once again, you two turned it into fodder for your useless humor. We get that four hours a day. You booked a wonderful guest. Give us the benefit of that booking. I just brought that up because we get that text regularly from people who really <laughs> hate it, particularly when I mm. got one last week. So Joe's very professional with the interviews, yes, I am. interviews, but Jack always has to interject with his attempts at humor. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> stupid. I, just, uh, I hate it, too. It's just it's just what we're or I'm going to do. It's just, <laughs> it's just what it is. Thank you for listening in spite of your hatred. <laughs> if you want to interview them. And remain silent. You can you can feel free. Put them but... on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel the need to do that for some reason. Uh, what was the other story? Oh, so and I'll skip this one because we got we're gonna have plenty of time to get to this. When Does the that count as you doing answer. the thing? No. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to mention the name, even though the name is out there, of this TV reporter who died in L.A. Uh, a while back. Uh, you can Google it. You might know who he was. Uh, He's a pretty big deal. He was on in Sacramento for years. Then he went to New York. Then he was in L.A. And uh, we knew him a little bit, and he was always really nice to me. So I'm just not going to mention his name, even though you could easily figure out what his name is. Fair enough. But I thought this was an interesting lesson in how far down the road of awfulness drugs can take you. Uh, I knew when he was quite a bit younger, and uh, what I knew of him was he was just kind of a regular guy. Well, uh, shortly before his 44th birthday, he died in a hotel room in a sex romp with some dude. He's uh, married and has an 11-year-old girl. Oh, God. Now, I don't think he was secretly gay as much as I think he'd gotten into the kind of drugs where you just secretly need sex so bad with anything or anyone at all times that that's what was going on there. Sounds like the meth to me. At some, yep, methamphetamine. At some point during the romp, uh, this TV reporter inserted a rock of this is not for the kids. Oh boy, I can already tell. At some point during the romp, romp, he inserted a rock of meth into his rectum. The autopsy report said he inserted a second rock later on in the encounter, placed a mask on, and doused the filters with poppers and inhalant of amyl, amyl nitrate. The report said. Mm-hmm. So that's the way they were doing it oh, at the boy. time that he had some sort of heart attack or something. Uh, and died, and then his, the the guy he was with called the hospital, and blah 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 blah. But uh, wow, that's how depraved you can end up if you go down the meth road. Oh man, isn't that something? I mean, you're just you're barely a human being at that part point, are you? Well, you're just you're you're a slave for sensations and oh my thrills God. in a way that's just. I mean, listen. So, the, so doing a little meth and having six, sex with with randos, you you went past that stop sign a long time ago, right? Now you're inserting it into you, and 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 you passed that stop sign a while back. Now you got to do it twice, right? Now you got to put a mask on, right? I mean, that's oh my god. Man. Yeah, you're probably gonna die from that at some point, man. How many times can you pull that off before you aren't gonna be taken out of a hotel room with a blanket over your head? That is a rough lifestyle right there. I just think that's a warning for, you know, if you've ever thought about dabbling in some of the harder stuff. Boy, a I'm guy sure with that's a how... career and a future. And... Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, really talented guy, and I doubt he, like a, like a lot of people, I doubt the first time he ever did meth, he thought, you know, if I end up in hotel rooms with randos with this uh, up me and a mask on and everything else, that, that's fine. No, it probably wasn't part of your plan for your party. While my daughter's at school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's horrifying. Oh, it's unbelievable. Wow, depressing. That is something. Do we have a transition I know. Music? I know uh, one guy. No, well, there's more. I know one guy that told me, because he's a meth addict, and he said an orgasm on meth was a thousand times better. And he said, after you have that happen the first time, you can't ever not think about that. Wow. Wow. Well, and you just sold plenty of meth there, Jack. Congratulations. Last, last I knew, he was still struggling to kick it. He, he, that was years ago. He's probably dead now. I haven't seen him for a long time. But, uh, you wow. know, I like pleasures as much the next person, but I don't, want a, some, I don't want something that twists my head around where it's the only thing I want for the, you know, the remainder of my life and will do anything to get it. Right. Ooh. Right. That's kind of hard to imagine also, isn't it? Mm. A thousand times better? You want a thousand exaggerations. Exaggerate. I don't know. What's a thousand times better than the best thing? Still yeah, exactly. the best thing, right? Exactly. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's, pr- it's pretty good already. Pretty darn good. Did he mean three times better, but he was just prone to Even you know, twice as good would be, I'm not sure I could handle it. Right. Oh, yeah. Might pass Ask out. Ask your doctor if you're healthy enough to have double orgasms. <laughs> I might be afraid if it was ever twice as good. <laughs> hey, kids. It's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. I hope those two little kids weren't listening they were just in the, now. They were in the hallway. They didn't, they didn't hear that segment. Excellent. Here's in your the host. isolation booth. <laughs> Here's your yeah. host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody. Hey, Positive Sean, what's your final thought? Yeah, on balance, I find the Jimmy Fallon show to be the least funny of the late night shows, but he did something special for his fifth year anniversary last night. It was essentially an homage to the Larry Sanders show, the great Gary Shandling vehicle that used to be on HBO. And it was kind of a, it was, it was all, it was all staged, but it was the behind the scenes, fake arguments, guests being upset at the host, and then, they, you know, having it out during commercial breaks. It was really creative, really funny. I, I suggest people check it out. Is it available somewhere? Because uh, I, uh, well, why don't we put a link at armstrongandgetty.com. Marsha Phillips, your final thought. Looking ahead, Cohen, Trump, Kim, an all-star news day tomorrow, and that's what we, just what we know about now. Right, right. Michelangelo, final thought? Enjoyed talking to the Motley Fool today about my Sears stock, and I'll ask him about Toys R Us and Payless Shoes uh, next time. As long as we didn't interject our uh, humor, it would be a fine Useless humor. Useless humor. Mm. My final thought, as I wasn't introduced, I'll just walk on stage and take the microphone. (laughs) Go Um, ahead. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I think this. uh, most most of these hearings are overblown. They don't live up to the hype. Cohen in front of House Democrats and Republicans is going to be... Everything you think it might be, I can't imagine it not being unbelievable, a train wreck, and probably bad for the country. I think it will unquestionably be a low moment in this nation's history. It will be fraught with gossip, innuendo, lies, stupidity. It'll make the Kavanaugh hearing seem like the Constitutional Convention. Yeah, no kidding. I'm bringing popcorn. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yep, and we're going to bring a lot of it to you live. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. I'm dread-ticipating it. Uh, so many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have some links for you to the stuff we talked about under hot links, uh, the individual stories. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You see something we ought to be talking about? Send it along. We will see you for a unbelievable news day on a Wednesday. 
Who knows what's going to happen? God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. We apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. The show's over. What? Bye-bye. Pretty sure Lady Gaga took home Bradley Cooper. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.